1: March was just a bad time to be alive. Well, it was April. It was April. No, well, April wasn't
2: great either.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> also, May, June, July, yeah. August, September.
0: October's, eh,
2: but November's been on a upswing.
0: I, like, was on Facebook, and you know people share that, like, the first three words you see are going to be, what, your 2021, and the first word I saw was crabs. <laughs> and I was like, I really hope that's the food. <laughs> Uh, Because like I'm happy about things are so dumb, but
1: I was like crabs. You would look (laughs) at those and find three words.
0: Of course, I didn't share it because I got crabs. Maybe if I got something special, I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I saw I saw crabs three times. What does that mean? <laughs> oh yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad time. All right.
1: <laughs> well, so if you don't know, this I don't is have from a the voice. This is Kevin from famously from the Mad Men episode. Welcome, famously back. from Julie's Church. <laughs>
3: It's like from Julie's church. And that's, I've only been there for the past several months.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you
0: She comes
3: and gets me out of the church when she wants me to say things. Oh,
1: my God. So he picked season, (laughs) I'm I'm going off the top of my head with this, season two, episode eight, Thanksgiving. Yep. Of Master of None. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember. But it's funny because this is the second time I've watched this both because of you, the first time I was literally with you. It was the most hungover I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> like, I can literally say that it was the worst hangover I've ever had.
3: I don't actually think we should even get into, like, the damage you caused the night before <laughs> on Live On Air.
1: <laughs> we, we can if we no, want. No, can we, though? No. <laughs> I may have caused so much damage that we had to move <laughs> hotel rooms. Is kind of... I don't remember if
3: we moved hotel rooms, but Kathleen just, you know...
1: What do you mean you don't remember?
3: I don't remember if we had to move or not. I was caught up in that moment, but (laughs) you were also... um, Kathleen wanted to take a bath when she was drunk and she flooded the hotel room.
1: (laughs) Where were you, Kevin? (laughs) Kevin? Okay, so that's kind of the story... I escaped. Oh my god! I escaped.
3: Kathleen escaped, and we couldn't find.
1: Him. We <laughs> were at a wedding, a and, <laughs> and Kevin is my always. Kevin is
0: holding his chest, laughing. I just wanted everyone to know it's, that
1: it's my most like <laughs> the statute of limitations are up on my it's Like I can tell this story without wanting to literally die. But me and Kevin were at a wedding. He was my date, and we were with our friends Bridget and Sean, and we shared a hotel room. But Post wedding, I mean, we knew the bartender, correct? So she, I think she was just like, I was drinking vodka sodas and she was just putting like eight shots in oh, each one. Yeah. And I,
3: I don't think that we should blame the bartender here. I think we just all got caught up in the joy of a wedding and Kathleen, we had some drinks and then we were stuck in the, well, Kathleen was stuck in the bathroom because then me and Sean had to knock down the door <laughs> because there was water coming out from underneath the door.
0: Oh
1: my yeah. God. Yeah, mom, dad, please. Don't listen to this one. Bridget's like my best friend, and she was so mad at me. Like I, I told this story to her the other day, and she goes, "I wasn't mad at you. I was like, you wouldn't look me in the eye because I came too after you guys opened the door, and we're like, what do you and I kind of was like, what? And you were like, look down. What is happening here? And I was like, oh. like, ah, uh, uh. like I don't know what was happening in that bathroom. I think I was just asleep." And you woke the me best, up.
3: The best reaction was that door like got barged down, and Kathleen just goes, "What?"
1: <laughs> but we did have to switch rooms because in the morning we had to call the other, the downstairs, to check my uh, my the other room for my dress, my bridesmaid's dress, because mm. it was soaking oh, okay, wet right, right, in the, on the floor under inches of water. <laughs> <laughs> I hate great. myself. But anyway, so then. <laughs> So then we the next day, we were in Kevin's childhood bedroom. I was in his brother's bed. He was in his, and we were across the room just watching this. And I remember being like, this is such a good episode, but I want to die. Like, I want to be dead right now. So this was a much more enjoyable experience watching it this time around.
3: That's good, because I also tried to make you watch another episode of that series right before. And Kathleen had a full, like, uh, we can't watch this. And I was like, okay, we'll try another one. Because, like, I don't love this show. I think it has its moments. And I think, like... Right off the bat, the acting style is really weird of the show. Like, it's not... It feels unscripted, but, like, it feels like the acting's not great, but I don't really know if that's the intent, with the exception of this episode, so...
1: We did watch another episode, right? Though, right, the one where it's it's from the POV of of someone who's deaf. It's
3: from three people in New York. It's called like "I Love New York" or something. I think is that episode, and that episode's great too.
1: Yeah, well, that's the one where I could hear my my hangover with in my ears like it was a silent episode oh
0: i think you talked about this on the madman episode yeah
1: and i was like oh no this is bad but the thanksgiving one is really good so (laughs) can you uh, have you seen both seasons of this kev yeah can you just give a gist of master of none first and then we'll get into the episode
3: it's been a while since i watched it but my my memory of it is it's like loosely based on aziz ansari's life where he's like you know struggling beginning actor and like getting some odd jobs and he just is like trying to get odd jobs and dates a bunch of women like dates like a ton of women and then like there's some women that like stay in the storyline but it's really more just like random stories and then especially season two starts to like break that narrative a lot especially this episode like no one in this episode is in Any other episode except for Lena Waite. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very New York nerd show and very, like, love and acting.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to actually ask you, because I'm trying to do better with writing down characters' names, so I'm not, like, this person's Anne or whatever, and I was trying to look up what Aunt Joyce's name was, and I just typed in cast, and I couldn't find anybody, and then, like, I was scrolling through the cast, and it would be, it was, like, a hundred people, but, like, it would be, like, one episode, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is happening. Is this r- correct? Yeah.
3: It's just a bunch of random people. I mean, I'm looking at her now. I'm looking at her Wikipedia because for I watched it last night with someone and we were both like she reminds me of the mom from Sister's Sister. Yeah, she does. So much. But a little bit different. I forget that actress's name too. I'm off my game right now. But she was great. And like I don't know. This uh, this episode's like really beautiful and Angela Bassett is oh, a really she's the like, best anything that she's
1: in. I know. You must have loved that from Coven. It's all American art story. It's your girl. Yeah. And she's 62. Wow. She's beautiful. Yeah, she is. I do love her. I, yeah. I was reading an article. Someone was interviewing Lena Waithe. And so she plays Denise in the episode. And she she basically wrote the episode. It's based off of her life or whatever, her real life. And and she Angela was kind of like the dream. Like, if we could get her, that'd be dope. There's no way we get her. So when they actually did get her and she said yes, they were like, Fuck! and they, she just said that Angela was like the best on screen as like a mentor and everything else, and I was like, that just tracks completely.
3: You know? Oh, yeah. She was great. All the women in this episode are incredible, and then it's like, I mean, the episode, it is good because it's like, it's one that breaks the narrative structure and i like that it goes over time and it's i think it's a very realistic view of how that would happen and then yeah like you said lena waith wrote it and then she won an emmy for it and she was the first like black woman to win an emmy for so it was a writing writing, emmy
1: not an acting emmy
3: ever it was a writing yeah because i mean
0: i just wasn't
1: sure
3: but i don't know what did you you you've never seen the show no i have
0: not i don't like aziz (laughs) Is it because of the article Kevin sent earlier today? (laughs) No, but that didn't help. I just don't think he's funny. So
1: we might as well just get into it. Aziz, we're talking about Aziz, obviously, and he has some like allegations against him. But before we get into that, a couple weeks ago, we did a Parks and Rec episode with Brooke, uh, a repeat guest. And she was like, I fucking hate Aziz. Like, I hate Tom Haverford. She didn't say Aziz. She said Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec, obviously, who he plays and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I totally get that take, but I love all the characters on Parks and Rec. There isn't anyone that I'm like, I fucking hate this person. I think yeah. as an ensemble, they're incredible. So once she said that and I re-listened to our episode we did and I was like, yeah, you know what? He is kind of annoying, but I haven't like re-watched Parks and Rec in a while. And I heard, I knew the allegations, but I never really like kept up with that one but then when you sent the article about it today and it is like uh, i think he wasn't completely canceled but it is bad it's very bad but i want to talk about why we think he wasn't fully canceled because it's not like i just think he totally abused his power of like celebrity and whatever it was and some of the like weird details they were doing i'm like only a fucking celebrity could get away with like fucking putting your fingers in your my mouth Ugh, every 10 seconds. My
0: worst nightmare.
3: Especially right now. Can you imagine someone sticking your fingers in? <laughs> that you just met? Ew. Here's my thing about the Aziz thing, and why I don't think he got fully canceled. is because, one, sexual assault is about gaining power and asserting power over somebody else, and it really just didn't seem like he was trying to assert power or put himself into a position of power, but he was using yeah. his power to, like... Which is different, but I also... He's not fully canceled because, like, and this came out in a time that it was like Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. and.
1: Harvey and fucking Louis.
3: Yeah, and I would equate, like, Louis CK and Aziz Ansari's allegations almost equivalent. But Louis CK went on to, like, completely mock all the allegations, and Aziz eventually, like, apologized and was like, I truly didn't know that I was putting somebody in that position. And like a lot of people read into this article as if it's just a bad date. There is some aggression here, but I can say that like everyone I know has been on a date where they are like, this is not what I would want to do. Or I'm like, this is not where I wanted it to go. So I'm, I don't think he's like fully evil for it, and I think he still has a chance to come back because he has addressed it. I think there's times.
1: something to be said about the fact that he could not take a social cue from her. It's kind of bizarre, and then she has to go watch him win an Emmy or whatever it was he won, a Golden Globe, and and talk about the me too movement and be like when like I totally agree with you where like people have weird dates and weird sexual encounters and like sticking fingers in the mouths and whatever it is I mean whatever your kink is I'm not shaming that by any means but multiple times in the article she's kind of like I was like you're making me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he was kind of not even picking up on that but I don't know it it does put a definite kind of damper on him for me I'm not gonna lie like I'm like Aziz is that why Master of None got Cancelled? It didn't get canceled,
3: did it? I think it yeah, I don't just remember like, that. I think it just takes a long time for him to write and film it because he writes films and directs it. So he was like, "It'll come when I have more ideas to do it." That oh. was originally.
2: I did find an article interview with Aziz from 2017 about a third season of Master of None. He said, "I don't know if we'll ever do a season three. I wouldn't be surprised, but I need to take a break." before I come back to do it. I have to have have a, I have to be a different person before I write a third season is my personal thoughts. I need to get married or have a kid or something. I don't really have anything else to say about being a young guy that's single in New York, eating food around the town all the time. Netflix in 2018 expressed interest in creating a third season whenever Aziz is ready to do
1: it. Nice. Yeah. See, like, I don't know this show i love this episode but i don't know do you want to chime in on the aziz stuff this is like a lot um more intense than we usually get
0: i know this is like our most serious episode i feel like well we'll get in and and the episode's pretty serious yeah i know but i loved it so like it, it was like one of those episodes that's like when i was reading it too like i'm like sis get the fuck up yeah. and leave yeah. like in the situation i don't know what i would do but i was getting like mad like i'm like get up and leave yeah she also mentions that she had preconceived notions
1: of him just from like watching him on tv or hearing him on interviews of how he like should have been quote unquote so then when she was there and this was happening it was kind of going against when she, how she thought the night was gonna go so she thought maybe she could turn it around based on these like preconceived notions of him so i don't know it's a it seems like a lot of big fucking questions question marks throwing a lot of just throwing dicks around everywhere but I don't know but we could get into the episode and the
2: last thing I want to address before you guys dive into the episode is, I know Kevin was saying that the show is kind of weird with the way that it's acted and it's shot and I think that a big reason for that is because the influences that it's pulling from are like really not stuff that a lot of people in America get exposed to he was trying to recreate like old Italian films from the 60s and like the French new wave of the 70s mm. as a sitcom. So it's got like, if you watch any of those shows, they're both like very clunky. They're also very slice of life, but then they dabble in like fantasy and like kind of like outlandish, like a false reality. Like there's like moments where all of a sudden, like if it's an all black and white movie, it might suddenly turn into like five minutes of an animated, bright colored segment to show that like someone's on drugs and then will like go back mm. to being like a black and white mm. quiet moody film so he was trying to see if he could do a series of those like normally two and a half hour movies in 30 minute chunks
3: mm. Mm. that makes sense especially with season two and the beginning of season two
0: let's hop in to the actual episode okay. kevin tell us what this episode of master of none is about
3: <laughs> well julie This episode is pretty much about (laughs) Lena Waite's character, Denise, and her experience with discovering slash confronting the fact that she thinks she's a lesbian, like, over time, and the narrative structures that it's told as, like, she's growing up over Thanksgiving. So we see, like, her and Aziz Ansari's character, Dev, like, as kids, and then we jump forward to other Thanksgivings and, like... She starts to be dressing differently and and acting differently. And then she eventually comes out to Dev. And then we see her later on telling her mom and bringing eventual girlfriends over to the episode. So it's really just framed with the same people just over a random course of time, like 20 years or something. But it was good. I mean, it's a great way to do that because she said it was like a very realistic way for her. And this is how she confronted it. But Looking at it just one day a year is like really interesting.
1: Yeah, as a as someone coming into season two without knowing any of these characters, first of all, I thought Lena was Lena Waites' character. Denise was more of a. Is she in every single episode or no? She's in
3: a lot of them. She's a recurring character, but it's only her and Aziz's characters are the only recurring characters in this episode.
1: Yeah, as as a standalone thing and doing it on the same day across many years, you really do like start to love these characters. It's a very effective way at, to get in their heads and see her like come out over these five or six different thanksgivings i fucking loved it yeah big fan
0: it was one of those episodes where you're like hysterically laughing at some things and then it's like heartfelt in Mm -hmm. other scenes when i watch shows for this podcast i typically am like on my phone half the time then i have to like fast forward (laughs) but not no i'm just the worst i just can't focus on stuff but this episode i i literally didn't touch my phone and i was just like super into it yeah thanks kevin so you just no but it was just like. Again, like, there was really hilarious scenes. I love the aunt. I, aunt Joyce is amazing. Mm-hmm. She just cracks me up. And I love her as an actress in general. She's in um, Young and Hungry, and it, she's just great. I think she's the only reason why oh, I watch it. Oh, she that. is?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. But then again, it, like, hits you with, like, the reality of things. And how that's how some people, with, like, how um, Denise's mom was, like, not cool about her being a lesbian in the beginning and how generally over time she became more accepted of it. Like me and Kathleen were talking actually today about like how we don't know what people go through in situations like that like
1: you don't know unless it's something like even in the article I read Aziz went up to Lena's like we want this story to be told but you have to be the one to write it like no one else can write it this is your story you you have to be the one to write it I mean I think that's an issue with writers rooms and they've gotten much better but over time in writers rooms people are writing things about like black culture or or LGBTQ or whatever it is but they don't have the representation in the writers room and it shows on screen and people are like like, what the fuck? Like, you need more diverse writer's room, which, I I mean, now they're getting much better. Obviously, there's, like, more work to be done. But yeah. I think with so much content coming out recently, it's gotten much better.
3: Yeah, and I think it's a really, I mean, it. you can definitely tell it's from a personal level. And, like, I think that each character is, like, so well portrayed in this episode because they're consistent throughout the whole thing. Like, and even their jokes are consistent throughout the whole thing, too, because, like, The subtle hint about, like, how a lot of African Americans didn't think that O.J. did it. And then, like, later on, (laughs) and they're like, if she was black, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Um, Yeah. And then they made that joke later. What did they talk about later? But they made the same joke later about the same stuff. And also, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of TV that's made so many Jennifer Aniston jokes in different ways. They reference, like, (laughs) right. Every single form of that Jennifer Aniston has ever taken. And she's like...
1: When she's high and she's like, I just need to kick it with Jen for a bit. I was like, go, sis. I'm like, yeah. I like... There were so many laugh out loud moments in this episode for it to for it being like a very no. heartwarming, like a story is being told, uh, like a, a bigger story is being told here. And yet some of the lines, I was like fucking cracking up and even Aziz in it, like every time he was yelling oh my, at said. the table and the, and Aunt Joyce is looking at like, shut up, like please stop. Like yeah. I was fucking dying every time because oh my God, nipples and toes had me <laughs> fucking in tears. That is such a good gag. Yeah. Also, fuck you, Deb, for like, Making her say that so many times, I'd be
0: like, if I was Denise, I'd be like, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. The one quote I wrote down is when he's like, he's like talking to the grandma about what she put in her yams this year. And he's like yelling it across the table. And Androise is like, she added nutmeg, don't ask another fucking question.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that like you saying like Aziz does get annoying in other shows too. Like his characters are always annoying and like this kind of annoying is like when aziz Sari is like the best at his job mm-hmm. like being annoying throughout this entire episode.
1: I just loved the idea of him being there every single Thanksgiving and him being a part of the family yep. and such a staple that they're they're like, yeah, Dev's here every Thanksgiving and they're always just up in the room. I love when He's like, Devin, Denise, tap recital t- like 1999. Should we put this in? Like, <laughs> I was like, I love these two as best friends. It does yeah. like it. I mean, we us three, all three of us have been best friends for a very long time as well and especially like kev me that that's uh, reminds me of me and you kind of just being like i started being friends with you at the time when humans can like be like oh yes that's my friend like uh, before you it's like you're too young and stupid to even be able to pick friends you know what i mean so you're in like every memory i have
3: yeah i think that's the same with yeah both of you because julie i was in preschool with or not or preschool, church. but I, I was, was going to say if you say church, I was in. You know, church is really important. Tonight.
2: So <laughs>
3: bring it up again. <laughs> and julie, julie and I went to church together. I don't know if that's been said on this podcast. Kathleen used to bully me in in first grade, and then we slowly this became friends over the course of elementary school, and that's how that happened. And we're not going to dispute it, were
1: Bitch no i don't remember a time when you, me and you weren't best friends but whatever we friends. i'm
0: actually gonna back up that statement i agree i feel like you guys have been friends forever <laughs> i was saying i'm backing that up i stand behind that that's a good <laughs> but, guys,
1: that's a, that, that here, cuts me deep Kev, but non- angel eyes. i mean yeah i probably w- probably was <laughs> not angel eyes i hate you <laughs> I probably was a little evil growing up, whatever. But I remember it being like me, you, and Zach.
3: Oh yeah, we were we were both evil growing up, but just different. Yeah, yeah, I was I was evil too. Come on, I I would never. What grade could we never teach ourselves? It's middle school because we were terrible people in middle school.
1: I will say there is not another relationship in my life, like outside of my family, of course, that feels more like a brother sister relationship because me and you have gotten in one million fights <laughs> like i mean me and you i've no i i mean it it truly just feels like i do love you so much that and we have that kind of like randomly growing up we get annoyed at each other oh God, things and like yeah and you're the only one and i, I love you the most but i guess that kind of makes sense
3: yeah that that's makes why. sense there's a lot but that's of true we did fight. i feel like kathleen especially but there was definitely times when, like, you both would use your phones as a defense tool where you just, like, wouldn't answer people. And that was, like, in the time when you're not, if you're not answering someone for a long time, it's, like, really offensive. And now I
2: don't answer anyone ever.
0: You never answer me. And it's so hurtful. I <laughs> fucking hate it. <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely hate it. No, you don't. Like Producer
2: dude. Matt here. Uh, you're the only guest I have to bring in reinforcements to get booked on the show. <laughs> Because God forbid if I message you on anything, you don't respond. I'm like, Kathleen, you got to harass Kevin (laughs) so we can get this episode Mm, recorded. You're the worst. Please
0: be better. I'm pretty sure, Kathleen, when you came on the first time, Kathleen said you were coming on. And I was like, I texted Kevin like three months ago. And he never responded. So I don't know if we're like cool anymore. I'm
3: (laughs) I'm really terrible at texting. Like I just don't answer my phone. And then I'll see something. And then I'll do a mental response to it. And then I'll just be like. I did that already and then just never respond
1: back to the episode the first time that we see Lena or Denise's character when she's older so it starts in 1995 and they're little baby kids okay and then it goes to 1999 and you see them growing up a little bit 2006 so it would have been 11 years after the first time we see them is is when we see Denise and her mom out to out to lunch and or dinner and they get and she like comes out to her or whatever and then the next one she brings a girlfriend i loved the idea of bringing michelle once the first girlfriend who's beautiful by the way she brings michelle it's awkward they're like that's why dev is just trying to talk and talk and talk at this dinner because it's so awkward and they're just like yelling at him and then she brings an awful girl home the next time. Nibbles that and nipples toes. and toes. 20s. He's like, I can't believe there's twenty two other nipples and toes. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a great joke. And then the the idea that finally when they bring Michelle back for a second time because they get back together, that the montage of them, her and Aunt Joyce having the handshake, and and her and Dev hugging, and and that sweet scene with Angela Bassett in the kitchen when they're finally. Coming together and and they do have some common ground. I, I guess Angela Bassett's character still might not fully understand it, but they she realizes like they do have common ground. They both love denise which is great and that's when the tears start flowing for me that that is like my favorite mm. part of this entire show oh, which of course it is because it's like the climax of the episode and it's like the most heartwarming part but i like love the idea that the way they come around for michelle is that they brought this horrid girl she brought this like horrid girl home like it was absolutely just, horrible like, i know
0: like the absolute worst yeah
1: yeah and i yeah. guess that's a it's a effective tactic i don't think denise's character was really going for that but
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't <laughs> know why you could
3: ever bring someone home that was like even remotely like cringy like that. I would be so self conscious the whole time and so anxious about yeah. it. And yeah, I uh, agree with you. Michelle's gorgeous.
1: Denise's personality, though, isn't really helping because she's just so chill and so laid back and just being like every time someone's doing something mean or awkward, she's just like, Mom, or like, Aunt, like Aunt Joyce. It's like, You gotta like say, you gotta create a diversion here. I would be, my anxiety ridden ass would be so crazy. I'd be like throwing diversions. I'd be saying the most insane shit to get their eyes off of my girlfriend. I'd be like, I will do anything right now to make this less awkward. That's like my whole life. So I just know I would be a fucking psycho in that situation.
3: So, fun fact: looking on her Wikipedia page, the person who played Nikki aka nipples and toes 23 is famous because she was on love and hip-hop atlanta and love and hip-hop new york
0: wow
3: she was in chloe and courtney take miami all these shows and her occupation is television personality singer actress, former employee at dash recording artist and former model Mm,
0: so she was yeah so she worked at the kardashian store oh dash is so that's why she was on yeah so that's why she was probably on the show so i want to circle back real quick (laughs) i thought this was so funny in the very beginning when you meet denise and dev and they're arguing of like who's brown versus who's black and and she's like uh, mom, is Dev black? And then they start talking about what a franchise is. And then <laughs> the mom's like, How the hell you know what a franchise is, but you know you don't know that Dev ain't black.
1: I have the that's the first I note was, I have. Me too. Yeah. I was
0: dying laughing because she gives like a three sentence definition of what a franchise is. <laughs> Question for you, Kevin, you can I tried
1: to I mean, I knew who Clarence Thomas was just in like a very general sense. But I couldn't find why she was the grandmom was like, fuck his ass. Like, I, I don't understand that because they're talking about the mom's kind of talking about. When uh, black men get like rich enough, quote unquote, to have a white girlfriend, like bad things, whatever it is, and then, and then they're like, what have they're always trying to like ruin his reputation or take him down, whatever it is, and then Denise's character, who's like a teenager at this point, is like, what about Clarence Thomas? And the grandma's just like, fuck his ass, which is really funny, and I could not understand. It. I googled, I tried everything. Do you understand Cl- it?
3: Yeah, Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court, and he's extremely conservative. Justice will not. Right now, he's not the most conservative, but a lot of African-Americans consider that to be, like, kind of a traitor. A betrayal or something? Yes, conservative values. don't usually align with African-American values, so that's, in their eyes, is why they do not like him.
1: Yeah, in the RBG documentary, they have this really cool kind of... um, visual where they put all the supreme court justices up on a scale of liberal to conservative and throughout the years they kind of move around like rbg went from being in the middle to going way left because she had to it's like a really cool visual anyone who hasn't seen the rbg doc on hulu must you must I will it's watch so it now. Good.
3: you recommended awesome. it last week but last week was not the week i wanted to watch more things about politics can i ask you guys what you watched in the week of Election meltdown because the only thing that I watched was five and a half seasons of Reno (laughs) (laughs) 911.
1: I, re- I rewatched It's Creek. That's a good one. I didn't really watch anything that was, I mean, I, I've been rewatching Supergirl, which is always uplifting because it's the best show ever, but it gets really political in seasons four and five, which is uh, I'm on now. So it wasn't really helping me in the time. It's like was hitting way too close to home. My other podcast is doing Carnival Row, which is also very like discriminatory, if that's a, a word. I don't know. So it was yeah. like everything was giving me anxiety. So I watched Never Have I Ever, which is that cute show on Netflix. That's I crushed that in a day. Oh my God, um, I don't know what anything is. Yeah. Yeah and then I started oh. Okay so I binged all of Song Exploder Kev have you yeah. watched Song Exploder Song
3: Exploder's so good
0: I know the Hamilton episode gave me life I have to watch Hamilton it's on my list yes. You haven't watched well, it Well I've yet. only I still only seen bits and pieces No I've never seen it Well cuz when it came on Disney Plus I'm a snob when it comes to musicals. So I'm like, I don't know if I would like this. So I didn't watch it. And then everyone was like, no, it's literally the fucking best. You yeah. have to watch it. Yeah,
3: it's so great. it's on my
0: list. But instead, I re- I watched a goofy movie yesterday because that just brings me That's joy good, as yeah. well.
3: Evil cinematic classic.
0: I'm truly dying to go watch a Broadway show dying i mean we're dying
1: to see them guess who's dying the performers they <laughs> <You know>, are <laughs> out of work <laughs> <Yeah>. yes <laughs> they need help seriously yeah. i feel so bad it sucks I know. I know it really sucks she's like on her phone while no, rambling I'm, I'm, about musicals dude I'm, I'm looking at my notes for this episode because there's still a lot i feel like I, I i just like love it i think honestly her coming out to her mom i'm really bringing us right back yep. her coming out to her mom was honestly seamless with her being like the pregnancy thing with being like, you don't have to worry about me getting pregnant. And you know, she like didn't want to say it. Yeah, It's still like it, it seamlessly happened. Cause it wasn't just like, I'm sitting you down. I'm telling you like, at least there was a segue to it. Yeah. yeah, And then speaking of that, when she's like not comfortable with saying the word lesbian and is saying Lebanese and devs just like, you're Lebanese. <laughs> like, yeah, It just kind of plays on the fact that they didn't know. She didn't know he was black. Like in the previous scene from when they were younger and then like a little bit later she's like no I'm not fucking Lebanese I'm just not like like comfortable saying lesbian yet." it's it's so funny and they do it so well and and so like believable
0: yeah I I, for what I know I, I like hated the diner scene because I just felt so sad like it was like she I think she even says when she comes out to dev like people act like it's a choice and then like the mom kind of implies like it's it's your choice like have you even tried it with a man and it's like fuck like shut up mom (laughs) god damn it well yeah
3: I mean what I'll say is like I think that that was a very realistic portrayal because like most of my friends and I will say like if we're gonna put a personal spin on it like that's a very very common phrase that like a ton of my friends have like heard the first thing that their parents say and particularly their mom is always like well I don't want life to be hard for you but like the alternative Mm -hmm. is like well then it's harder if you don't do it so it's like I understand like it comes from a place where it's like a genuine place of care but that is the Mm -hmm. most common response I get or like I've heard from friends and like this is a very easy coming out I guess compared to or a very realistic one compared to like a lot of people and a lot of people like have it so much worse too like the fact that her mom Mm -hmm. can make a joke right away and is like you know Mm -hmm. when she's talking about coming out and how she can't tell her grandma and then she's like well you're gonna have to come out to her every other week (laughs)
2: <laughs> like, <laughs>
3: like the fact that she can make a joke it it, it obviously takes a, a number of years for her to get comfortable with it but right it is a very like i think a very realistic and meaningful betrayal of like how that comfort comes into fruition over time and like that's what bringing michelle back makes it really easy for them to like all care about her and and really understand it so i think it was really like a very accurate portrayal.
1: Yeah. Well, the, I don't want life to be hard for you. Argument is kind of like, okay, well, if I don't come out, it's going to be internally hard. And I'm going to be battling with myself. At least if I come out and the, and it's hard for me, quote unquote, it's like externally. And you can kind of combat that better than just being like internally, always at all times, not being who you are and like your authentic self. So,
3: yeah, I mean, there's like, there's mm -hmm. two ends of the coin there because the two very, I, I think that they really, did it, this could be her exact, for like coming out, and this could be exactly how it happened. But there's two very, like, big cliches. And I think that, and not in a bad way, but like the one where they're like, Yeah, I, uh, I don't want life to be hard for you. And then where the parents, like, think that they did something yeah. wrong is mm-hmm. also like, It's a really dumb, like, it's a really dumb thought when you get down to it because, like, your parents are obviously not doing that to you. But it's also like, it's a defensive. Thought and comes from a place of care, but it's also like that's probably a very common response as well.
1: And there, it's very like meta or not, I don't think that's the right word woke of that because, like. Lena's character, Denise, calls it out before it happens. Like she's like in the when she comes out to Dev, she's like people like parents always go blaming themselves, and they don't they always say that. And then that's exactly what she says when her mom is alone with Aunt Joyce in the back. But Aunt Joyce has a good response. She's like, I forget all what she says, but she's like, she's she's in school, she's doing well. Like she's she's not doing anything bad she's still kind of so but even though they're both like the interaction they're having in the kitchen is very funny because you know they're not used to it and they're like having this conversation and talking about like oh she's going to bring one of the girlfriends home and and (laughs) Angela Bass is just like exasperated by the idea of it but yeah so uh, yeah I don't know the way that they did it over a certain amount of years and you're in the same kitchen the entire episode makes it feel like you actually did get to live throughout the whole thing
3: yeah I mean, it's great the whole time. And also, I'd watch anything with Angela Bessett in it. So it's just a, an extra bonus.
1: Okay, that's it. <laughs> Have a good night. i just kidding.
0: <laughs> I was just, I don't know why I was just thinking of this. So our our me and Matt's cousin, Richie, came out of the closet like five years ago. And he actually came out to me. And it's like funny when we say he came out because Richie was like very like stealing dolls from his siblings, like his whole life dancing to Britney Spears. Like he just like he's just he's always been very open about who he is, but never came out and said it and it's just like thinking back to like how you're saying parents handle it like my aunt patty was like distraught and like richie's caught call- like would call me and be like what the fuck is wrong with her like
2: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing in this episode that we haven't talked about that it's not even like something we can get super deep in but the part that made me laugh still tied to nipples and toes 23 but the chocolate milk Oh, like, yeah. Like oh the back and forth about the chocolate milk is so funny. And it ending with Dev just being like, now I'm about to go make some chocolate milk with this grown ass woman. That
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. That's I a mean, good
3: bitch She's like a, a total mess. But also, I mean, when was the last time you made chocolate milk? I mean, for Julie, you made you had hot chocolate yesterday.
0: They make peppermint patty, like like you work peppermint patty hot chocolate, and it is fucking fire. Okay. I do not eat. <laughs> I will that drink it every good. day until I
1: die. I love chocolate milk and hot chocolate. And I never drink it ever. It's just I not love I chocolate love... milk, too, but
3: I, never I same. Buy I never milk. drink it. Like I never have milk in my apartment unless yeah, me like either, really. I, unless I see a box of cereal that I'm like. Hmm and then I'll buy milk. Or if I'm making something yeah. with milk
0: in it. I'm the same way. And ironically, I went to Giant last night and like two nights ago, Kenny was eating like these Oreo cookies that we have, but they're not Oreos. They're like, I don't know, like knockoff Oreos. Like the top's chocolate cookie sure. and the bottom is vanilla. Like it's... Ooh, honestly. It doesn't make sense. And he's like, like shoving his mouth. He's like, do we have milk? And I'm just like, no, we never fucking have milk. So then I was food shopping yesterday and I got like a small thing of milk. And Kenny's like, we're not going to drink this fucking milk. And I'm like, it's so true. I don't know why I bought the fucking milk. It was just in my head. Like, I,
1: yeah. I have a milk thing complex too. I'll go to the store and I'm like this point, what's that? It's like Half the smallest plate. one. Whatever yeah. it is. I'm like, this is 89 cents. If I don't, if I only drink, if I eat one bowl of cereal, I feel like it pays for itself. Yeah. And I, I'm constantly just throwing out so much. Milk. Oh my God. But I, I dump milk all the time. Cause I don't
0: use it for anything else. I, what would you I ever use milk for? I never dumped no, milk no, Matt will life. eat like I a slice <laughs> of pizza with milk. <laughs> Does that not make you physically ill? Ew, ew ill.
3: Do you know what Matt said that we couldn't get deep on milk and look what we did? <laughs> we explored all <laughs> the
1: <laughs> No, people grew up having a glass of milk with dinner every night, and that There's would make me physically gag. Kids. And it's gonna was, I'm about to start gagging on this mic.
3: I was out to dinner with this family <laughs> the other night and this like little girl ordered like this really nice fish for dinner, and then she's like, I'll have milk. And I was like, I think I I may have audibly said ew.
0: <laughs> oh yeah it's really disgusting no, it all
1: right kev any last thoughts on this episode um no
3: i mean i think it's a great episode i've watched it probably four or five times now over the years and uh producer sure matt did say this as a recommendation for he was happy that someone picked this but also he wanted somebody to do this episode but it's also like the best thanksgiving episode the, the only other one that i would ever like want to do it and i don't even like this show enough to like hype it up but the Thanksgiving episode of Friends when Brad Pitt comes on because mm-hmm. I remember every single person in my family like watching that around the TV at my aunt's house because it was like a huge deal then and <laughs> yeah that's, that's like a nostalgic thing
0: I just watched that yesterday you know what, Kevin I'm
1: so thankful for you
3: <laughs> I'm thankful for you guys and I'm thankful to be on this podcast again
0: Aww. <laughs> <Toothy>. <laughs> that wraps it up for today. Kevin, thank you so much for coming back. You look so hot with a beard. I've been dying to say (laughs) it. (laughs) I love you you. happily.
2: Thank you, church friends.